views and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I feel like I'm in an Eddie Murphy movie. I feel like I'm in the middle of a Beverly Hills cop movie. I'm chasing somebody down the street in a Mercedes convertible. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. Um, so as long as we got the happy music going, uh, it's tax day tomorrow. Happy Monday. Um, they are saying that a lot of people are going to see diminished refunds because the COVID money has run out. Um, and one of the other indicators we're hearing, so I think there's a, there's a great website called Zero Hedge. And I was turned on to Zero Hedge by um, by my friend Kristen Bentz. It is kind of a wonky, um, and it's got a ton of different links to specifics about the economy and other things. And I go there quite often. And what I like about the Wall Street Journal, what I like about places like Zero Hedge, you do get opinion which is part of it. But most of what they do is just data. And it says, this is what the concern is because of this data. And I like that. And I think one of the indicators of a strong economy or a not so strong economy is what we see on Wall Street, because Wall Street really doesn't care who's in office. They make money with Democrat administrations and Republican administrations with a huge deficits and with surpluses. They just they find their way around it. But the data on what's going to happen largely can be seen as a predictor from what's happening on Wall Street and other places. Um, The headline from a USA Today story, this is an opinion piece from USA Today. Small businesses have enough to worry about with tax day. Overzealous IRS shouldn't be one of them. Um, as As an individual, but certainly as a small business owner, there is nothing that strikes fear in your heart. Like the IRS coming after you because most people are not trying to cheat, but the tax code is so difficult. If we really wanted fairness, and this was so – so I was talking to somebody about this recently. Uh, The great one, the GOAT himself, Dave Chappelle, was I believe on Saturday Night Live was certainly on stage saying, hey, you know when Trump became a star was during a debate with Hillary Clinton where he screamed that the system is rigged and – it was very funny. He made a big joke about it that Hillary Clinton said it wasn't, and yes, it was. And, and he said, I know it's rigged because I use it. And if you want me to pay my taxes, then – and Hillary Clinton tried to say, hey, he doesn't pay all of his taxes. And he said, if you want me to pay my taxes or pay more in taxes, change the tax code. But you won't because your donors and your friends take the same tax benefits that I take. So when you're talking about multimillionaires and billionaires having the amount of money to hire the experts and tax, you know, the tax attorneys and tax accountants to to make it beneficial for them and to pay as little in taxes as possible. It's because they play within the rules and nobody knows the rules better than they do. The average person, you probably included, have no idea what some of those rules are. And it's not so much that you're not saving as much as you could in paying taxes. It's the other way that you make a mistake thinking you're doing the right thing and then penalties and interest hammer you for years and years and years to come. That's the big issue with people is that all of that stuff that happens, it ends up costing you so much money in the long run. So 
at tax time, and this, I, I railed about this earlier, as the U.S. economy is seeing less and less money available, it's harder to get loans because interest rates have, have kind of maxed people out on their credit. Small businesses are having their lines of credit shut down in many cases after the bank things that have happened recently. We are seeing cash-strapped small businesses. Now, on top of that, tax day is approaching. Now, many of these companies report quarterly. So this is nothing new. It's not like they're that far behind. But for some small businesses, this is a devastating time. And this is where I think as Americans, I'm always trying to find places where we can have an agreement. And I think this would be a place of agreement that we all want and we all believe people should pay their fair share in this country. But the idea of adding 67 or 87,000 new employees, many of them are going to be people that they say are going after the rich. But the indications we saw from training videos and otherwise show them going after small business owners that are trying to take deductions on equipment and do some other things that may have done them the wrong way. Even if they hadn't done anything wrong to get audited, to have to hire an accountant or a lawyer and then go through an audit process to save their skin is a big deal. And this is where all of us Rich Americans, poor Americans, Republican Americans, Democrat Americans, independents, we should be looking at this and saying the government is far too intrusive. Part of the story I talked about earlier is places in this country where you have to make a huge amount of money to live like you make $100,000 a year. And the most expensive places to live are not going to surprise you. Honolulu, Hawaii, and right behind that is New York City are the two most expensive places to live in the country. Uh, I was just in New York just as a visitor. I was there doing some TV work recently, and I went to uh, I went around the corner and I grabbed a drink and I grabbed a hamburger um, at this hotel restaurant. Nice place, but a hotel restaurant. A burger with fries and a drink. And it was a drink drink. It was a gin and tonic or something. It cost me $40. $40. And so you multiply that going out to dinner and then, you know, that's New York City. That's what it costs in local and then in state taxes and all these other things that are added onto it. Of those top 10 most expensive places to live were places, many of them in California. Washington, D.C. was listed there. What do they all have in common? They have this exorbitant tax rate that is supposed to fix the problem of poverty and crime where they live. Do you think that California is better off economically at its lowest levels of the economic ladder than Phoenix, Arizona, or where the cheapest places to live, most of them in Texas and Oklahoma and states that have very low or no state income taxes? The answer is they absolutely are not. And when do the American people learn their lesson? When do working class Americans stop listening to government leaders that say, we are going to confiscate wealth from this group and it's going to make your life better? It's going to give you opportunity. It's going to open doors for you. It's going to make life better for you. It's going to level the playing field so you have an opportunity at success. And it hasn't worked yet. At what point do the working Americans stop listening to the nonsense and believing that the government is going to make Make their life better. It hasn't happened yet. You look at places that it's least expensive to live. 
and you look at what the cheapest places are with these low taxes. You know, you've got states like Florida and Texas and Nevada that have a zero income tax. You've got a place like, like Arizona that's got a very low income tax. And here we are fighting the ideology of states that charge outrageous amounts of tax dollars. They say m- much of it is income taxes to the rich. The other part of this fantasy, though, is that it's not just income taxes. What do you pay in fees? What do you pay in sales taxes? How much money does California take per gallon of gasoline? That taxes the poor Americans a lot heavier than it does rich Americans in California. And yet we continue to argue about this ideology being one that's, f- that's fair to the poorest among us. And it just isn't true. Coming up um, in a moment, we're going to go back to this veteran story. I thought it was a great one. A coalition of attorneys general across the country in 33 states are fighting for veterans' rights. I'm going to give you details coming up here in just a moment of who those places are. So stick around for it. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Never, ever hear this song without thinking of the Blues Brothers movie, ever. Jake and Elwood dancing on stage. We're on a mission from God. Uh, Thanks for being here this morning. Um, I ranted about this a little earlier, again, trying to find common ground for people. Uh, one of the most, one of the biggest misconceptions, in, I think, for Americans is that we believe that our government takes care of the veterans because they promised they would. And uh, we learn the hard way that that's not exactly the case. That doesn't mean that people that work for the VA are not committed to veterans. I believe that to be true. The system is broken. There is a man that has sued the government because he was given an opportunity for the GI Bill on multiple deployments and multiple enlistments to earn the GI I bill to go back to school. They've denied one of his claims and he's fighting this all the way. And now 33 states, including the state of Arizona, has decided to join in on this lawsuit to try to get the Supreme Court to take this up to protect benefits for veterans. One of the things that makes Arizona great, and I mean this sincerely, is our military presence and our veteran presence and how veteran heavy we are in the state of Arizona. Um, And it makes us, I think when you have that kind of skin in the game, when you've served your country, when many times over the last 20 plus years, we've seen so many people, our reserve units, um, our, our guard units being called up and sent to war. I think those families feel that they have skin in the game and they've earned and they have earned the benefits that should be afforded to them. And the fact that this has to go all the way to the Supreme Court. First of all, but the way our country throws money at people, that the veterans have to be fighting for this is, to me, despicable. Um, I think most Americans would agree, and this is where it's This is on you and I, to a certain extent. We should be reaching out to members of Congress and asking them What's going on here? Now, this is going through the court system. There is a separation of powers issue here. But the Veterans Administration and its budget are controlled, first of all, by the House of Representatives, by our American government. The idea that veterans are not afforded every ability 
she's shocking to me. And the more you dig into it, the more you understand it's just a bureaucratic nightmare in some stages. There have been changes that have been made, especially when it comes to the medical care. I want to make sure I acknowledge it. <clears throat> but we also understand that I would think the GI Bill. Here you have people fighting in our country over forgiveness of student loans. Here are men and women that went into the military at a young age saying, I'm going to do my time in the military. I'm going to serve my country honorably. I'm going to risk my life if necessary. I'll give my life if necessary. But on the other side of that, I am entitled to the GI Bill. And that's four years worth of school. And they've earned it. And now you've got someone who on multiple deployments had gone back and he had gotten a degree and then he went back in an enlistment in another capacity and he used up his time. Then he went and he got a degree. Now he wants to become a chaplain in the military and they're denying his claim even though he's rightfully entitled to it in the minds of most. The fact that we are giving away scholarships and free school and tuition assistance to dreamers, which again, I don't want to fight about it. I'm just saying look at the, look at the groups of people. That we throw money at to go to college and you've got a veteran that's got to go all the way to the Supreme Court to find out whether or not the benefits that are perfectly legal are going to be given to him. And I, I will say that um, Chris Mays, the attorney general in Arizona, has just signed on to this fight as one of the 33 states. And I think she I think it is it, it's a fantastic decision that she has made. I think she's to be commended for this. And. This is one of those areas at a time when we are so politically divided in this country, further than I've ever seen us divided in this country in my lifetime, certainly. We've all had differences of opinion, and I've been through a couple of presidential campaigns where I thought I'd seen as much as I was going to see, but we are divided on just about everything to a vitriolic place that I thought we'd never get to. This is one of those areas. Why can't we drop the stones we're throwing across the street at each other, join hands? in the middle of the road and say the one thing we can agree on is if you serve your country, it shouldn't be difficult for you to get the benefits that the American government says you're entitled to. And we should, you know, bureaucracy be damned, red tape be damned. And you and I stand together and hold everybody accountable who makes these rules and allocates this money to make sure these men and women get what they've earned. Read the story. I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that this is at KTAR.com. Uh, you can go to KTAR.com and it says Arizona joins coalition asking Supreme Court to protect veteran rights. I hope you go to our website. It's a great job being done. There's a link to the press release from the from the attorney general's office, and I'm glad she jumped in this fight. In a moment, we're going to go back to schools. We talked earlier about this. One of the top charter schools in America is in Arizona. One of them is now a member of a teacher's union. How will that change things? We'll discuss it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Who doesn't love Toto? 
right? Um, thanks for being here. Uh, this is an interesting story to me uh, because I have been covering education in Arizona for a very long time. And I think that the reason why I'm so passionate about it, and it's so funny because the people that dislike me the most in this fight, um, I agree with them about 90% of the time. I just don't agree with the way things are being done. Um, the fact that Arizona is so far behind, along with many other places in the country, um, I don't think that it's a it's a money problem only. I don't think money solves the problem. And let me explain why when it comes to education. Then I'll get to the headline. If you look at school districts that spend an exorbitant amount of money per student in the classroom, you look at the ba- the Baltimore city schools, you look at Chicago and their city schools, the huge number of schools they have where zero, zero students are reading at grade level. It is disgraceful that what we have done is we have set these these young people up to be failures in their adult years. Here's the nightmare for me. We have a group of young people right now that being pushed through the system they think is great, that they go to school and they don't have to pay attention and reading doesn't matter to them and it's not a big deal and they skate through and they graduate and we're not going to keep score anymore and no more grades and we're going to make it so you pass and all these other things are happening. And then they're going to grow up and they're going to go into the real world and they're going to get serious about life. They're going to start having children or they're going to get married or something is going to happen that impacts them where they realize. I have found a direction I really want to go, and they're not going to be equipped to go in that direction. I have a friend who was kind of crazy when we were younger, and um, everybody loved to stay at his house because his parents were the cool parents, and there really wasn't many rules in their house, and I loved hanging out there, and he was a good friend, still is a good friend, and uh, we were having a conversation because now he's a father, and he's a strict father, and he's got very well-behaved children, and during a a very... um, transparent moment, he said, you know, there was a time I was pretty mad at my parents after I got older because there was no discipline in my house. And I thought, wow, there's a there's a transformation into adulthood from childhood that what is the cool parent when you're a child, you realize when you're adult as an adult, I would never let my kids get away with what I got away with with my parents. That to me was a a very transparent admission from him because he loved his parents and I loved his parents too. But he was he was saying there was no discipline in my house. I would never let my children do what I did. Never. And when we look back at we're being kids friends and we're doing some of the things we're doing, maybe with the best of intentions, but there is no standard. If you look at what are the most some of the most popular television shows on TV right now, they're the contest shows. Simon Cowell is loved and hated because he gives his honest opinion about you either can sing or you can't. And we love those competitions because we love to see people that are really talented and then how they're molded through the progress of those shows. And it turns them into a legit star because they've got the tools, they've got the work ethic, and now they've got someone that's holding them accountable to do the work. It may not seem that way, but that's exactly what's happening. When you watch the busts or the booms when it comes to uh, the NFL, it largely boils down to hard work that you can get through high school being a superstar and lazy. You can even get through college being a superstar, but kind of lazy. When you get to the professional level, if you don't have a work ethic to match your skill set, you flop. You're out. 
And so with that in mind, the basis schools in Arizona, the basis schools are number are highly rated, number one in the country many times. And some of those schools are right here in Arizona. Those basis schools that are recognized nationally as the best and the brightest are right here in Arizona. One of those basis schools down in Tucson is now organized. They are now joined the American Federation of Teachers. The AFT now has a footprint in Arizona. I'm not sure this isn't a scare tactic. I'm just saying this has been a goal of theirs for a long time. And it's the worst kept secret in Arizona because they've tried to keep it a secret, but they can't stop themselves from doing the things they do. The AEU, Arizona Educators United, has been partnering up with the AFT behind the scenes for years in some of the ridiculous protest things that they have done. I'm in, I've got videos and conference calls and Zoom calls and all this stuff that they have been doing to coordinate during COVID and keeping schools closed and walkouts and sick outs and all these other things. And we are a right to work state and our teachers organizations, the AEU is not a union. They claim to be a union. They've got no power and no seat at the table. And they hate it. The AFT is a big teachers union. How organized will they get educators here in Arizona and what good will it do our schools in a right to work state? There is a culture war going on in our schools right now where parents want good education for their children. Where they want their children to learn to read. And this is what I say. Listen, my kids don't agree with me on everything. One of my kids doesn't agree with me on almost everything when it comes to politics. But she can read. And she can perform math skills and she can, you know, form her own thoughts, which I'm proud of her for doing. I just disagree with her on a lot of things. But I can have a rational argument with her because she is able to make her arguments because she is someone that learned the basic skills. I feel bad for the people that can't. You are forever beholden to everyone else. You are forever beholden to the people that tell you what to think when you cannot you know, read those things for yourself. And we are letting a generation down with the way we've done things. And I will, ju- there's no getting around the low numbers. The numbers are abysmal and they got lower during COVID. And unless we all get together with one goal in mind, and that is to get those scores up and have this generation be saved so that they can read and they can write and they can perform math skills at grade level. They can go on to institutions of higher learning or careers that they look for. We have failed, not just the kids in our houses, all of them. And then what's going to happen 20 years from now when that 16-year-old is 36 and when me at 55 is 75, I'm done with my the bulk of my working years. I've now turned it over to them in the midst of their their prime for their earning years, and they're ill-equipped to do anything different because they don't have the skills when I was supposed to teach them those skills or at least have them learn those skills. This is the biggest issue for me. Teachers, the AFT is out for educators. This is a business model to fight for as much money as they can. It's about the money. And they are failing. They are a part of the failed system nationally. Not just the AFT, but the NEA and uh, the Department of Education nationally. That started in what the Jimmy Carter era with the Department of Education that was supposed to improve educational outcomes in the U.S. Ask yourself this. Are the edu- is the education of children better now than it was in the 1970s nationally? Are kids smarter 
are kids more educated now than they were in the 70s and 80s? And if the answer is no, why would we continue with more of the same? And we better start considering it, Arizona, because it's here. It is here, and it's going to continue working in this direction. And I just don't want people to have their eyes closed to it. In a moment, uh, we are going to talk about the expulsion of a representative because the Maricopa County Republican Committee has spoken out about this situation. I'm going to read you what they say coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. As always, um, the MR, the MCRC, the Maricopa County Republican uh, Committee Executive Guidance Committee. So it's the MCRC EGC. LMNOP. Um, they have uh, put out a statement regarding the expulsion of Representative Liz Harris from the Arizona State Legislature. As you remember, Representative Harris was investigated by the Ethics Committee, which was a bipartisan committee made up of uh, five people, three Republicans, two Democrats, and all five unanimously found egregious mistakes were made and that she presented evidence without any proof. Now, um, what's being said And again, not officially because now she's no longer a member of the state legislature. But I am hearing that um, the cops know and everybody has the evidence, but now the cops are refusing to look at it. And we're hearing these things. Here's my problem with this. And uh, I'll I'll get into more of it in a moment. But I want you to hear what the MCRC is saying. Now, um, I don't know and I probably do know some people that are associated with the MCRC. But I, off the top of my head, I don't. But here is the statement from the body, and it just I'm going to read it in part. Um, they are disappointed in the actions of our Arizona House of Representatives. These actions set a des- dangerous precedent that may be weaponized against Republicans for generations to come. First of all, it's not weaponized against Republicans. It would be weaponized if it's been weaponized against everybody. Um, They further fracture our party and provide the leftist media with more anti-Republican propaganda. Um, It does give – this is the funny part of that statement. And I had this conversation with someone yesterday. If you are someone that believes that the 2020 and or the 2022 elections were stolen, this gives people a reason to badmouth you. The actions of representative or former representative Liz Harris, it's a reflection on you as well. So let's let's use their 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 logic here. Their logic says that when a bunch of Republicans vote to expel a fellow Republican, it gives the and their words, the left wing media ammunition to go after Republicans by the same thought process. What Representative Harris did by introducing testimony into a joint hearing in the wrong forum when she was told not to do it a long time ago, she was told to take it to court, providing no evidence and going against what all of leadership told her that she should do. She was giving people ammunition. She was giving the opposition ammunition now against all election deniers. So when somebody comes up and says, like myself, when somebody comes forward and says, you know, there are some things we could do in Maricopa County 
to make elections better. If I voted early, which I did, I but I went, went to the polls. I went to a polling place before election day because election day was going to be a nightmare for me. We knew we'd be busy on election day. So I went to a polling place, the one at the Biltmore, and I cast an early ballot. I verified who I was with my identification and my voter ID, verified who I was in the computer. I showed the poll workers that I was the person that was voting. They printed my ballot for my precinct, and I voted, put it in an envelope, and dropped it in door three. They did not have to verify my signature like you would on a mail-in ballot because I had already proven who I was when they handed me the ballot and I cast it. Does that make sense? So why couldn't an early voter that likes to vote from the comfort of their own home? One of the big delays in Maricopa County was the abundance of voters that showed up on Election Day with their early ballot. They still had to cure the signatures. They still had to go through the process, which is why it took a lengthy uh, part of time, uh, you know, lengthy uh, bit of time. Why couldn't those early voters show up? With their ballot already filled out, prove who they are through the registration process, and instead of taking a ballot to a a ballot location or a polling location, fill it out, just feed it into the tabulator and watch their vote get counted. That's one idea. Another idea about curing the voter rolls and making sure that if you haven't voted, if they send you a ballot and you haven't voted in two consecutive elections, making sure that you are then sent a postcard that says, do you want to continue to receive an early ballot, Um, showing ID in order to vote. These are ideas that would really help shore up our election system. But when you start bringing those ideas forward, You're an election denier, and you're lumped into the same category as people that do these kinds of things. So now you have to believe that if uh, if Liz Harris, if the testimony that she allowed in, she brought the person in to testify, you now have to believe that – Sheriffs that are very Republican sheriffs are in on it by hiding the proof and others are in on hiding the proof. And here we go back down the road of all of these people that have to be in on it. Instead of us talking about reasonable things that can be done to fix our elections, this is what happens. And there's the MCRC right in the middle of it. Coming up just after 11 o'clock, we're going to talk about crime around the country. We're also going to do Did You Hear This and a chance for you to win Suns tickets. It's all around the corner. Next.